0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second in our short series of podcasts where we explore technology companies doing work with the federal government. In our last session, we spoke through some of the high level reasons a technology company may want to engage and transact with the federal government. So check that out. My name is Craig Hunter. I'm an audit partner in our government contracting group here at Cherry Beckett, And with me today, is Joe Salgado, General Manager Capture from Red Team Consulting. And together, we're gonna dig a little deeper into the topic of capturing federal business. So welcome, Joe. Thanks for having me, Greg. Well, getting right to it. So Joe, let's say I'm a technology company and I have products which may be of use or benefit to the federal government. How do I educate myself on what they are looking for and and where do I go to, to do that?
1: Well, there's a lot of different ways, Craig, uh, that i like to recommend to new entries into the uh, federal government uh, uh, contracting space. And one thing that I'd like to say is, uh, like to tell them is to look at as many articles as they possibly can about the agencies that they're interested in. Um, There are a lot of very specific um, types of um, websites and journals, that are geared towards the contracting community. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of articles that come out about upcoming opportunities and things that they can be going after. That's one area where you can start to figure out, okay, what's going on here. Another is some subscription based services like uh, GovWin and a few others that compete with GovWin that have a lot of opportunities. They call the information that is coming from publicly available sites to actually um, find the oh. um, the new opportunities that are coming out and they will Actually, you can actually look, do very targeted searches by agency or by uh, industry to find what you're looking for. There, those do cost some money, so there would be an annual subscription basis that would have to uh, come into play. Um, additionally, there is uh, publicly available sites that I just mentioned, such as SAM.gov, which has a lot of information that comes from um, the uh, from the actual agencies, and you can actually find all new opportunities that are coming out there. And those would be what we like to call uh, RFPs, which stands for Request for Proposals. And anybody coming into the federal marketplace, you're going to find a lot of acronyms in this uh, <laughs> space. So, um, I'll try to explain it. If I use an acronym, Craig, Please stop me and I'll uh, explain what I'm saying. Um, so the RFPs are posted out there. And what I like to say to anybody that's uh, trying to learn about this marketplace is read as many of these RFPs as you can. Uh, some of us at Red Team Consulting, we're, <laughs> we're nerds in the fact that we we'll, we like to read the RFPs. We like to actually also read sometimes protest Uh, that are put out by the general accounting uh, GAO um, office where sometimes there are challenges to awards and you can actually see how agencies look at different laws and how they interpret them. So you can educate yourself with a lot of publicly information, publicly available information as well said. Um, So try to get as much as you possibly can. And then Lastly, is join as many organizations as you can. If you're a business development professional, AFCIA, ACTIAC, iac um, there's a whole bunch, NCMA. There are a whole bunch of different uh, organizations that uh, if you look up on Google, you can join these organizations. And right now they have a lot of virtual events, but they also are beginning to have in-person events where you can interact with colleagues that are also doing the same thing that you are to find out about new information and new opportunities that are out there. Great. Thanks, Joe.
0: So this looks like a tremendous amount of, of resources out there for individuals and for companies. So so, you know, to distill that down a little bit, you know, if if someone says, well, it looks like by best of some of these RPs and some of this information I've got as a technology company, I've got something the government would 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 be interested in and could could benefit them you know what are the ways that they can break into this government market which is seen to be you know certainly a market with a lot of barriers and 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 a lot of folks are a little bit wary of that
1: yeah there are a lot of different ways and um for technology vendors i will i'm going to segment them into two different categories one is services and the other is product we'll start with product um so if you are a new technology product that's entering the marketplace, there is a lot of ways that you can get into um, this area. One way is direct. Um, There is the General Services Administration, or also known as GSA. Um, uh, GSA schedules is you can, uh, you can create your own schedule for your products and sell directly to the federal government a lot of oems are not interested in that because there's a lot of legalities that are involved in that and there's there's complications that can sometimes arise um, with their commercial side of their business so a lot of oems or uh, original equipment manufacturers uh, they actually work with technology or government resellers to actually. provide their products to the federal government. There are a multitude of these uh, resellers. There are small business as well as large business resellers that have been around for over 20 years that have GSA schedules as well as other contracts or um, indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity, IDIQ contracts um, that are specific to uh, providing technology to the federal government. So. If you are a product vendor, the best, usually, the best way to get in is to talk to some of these technology resellers, and then they will have the contracts that have a very quick, quick way into the federal government. Um, for services, there are multiple ways to do this as well. One is as a prime contractor, um, but with that, uh, the bar is higher for you because you're going to have to have experience. Um, and the technology that you're providing, you will be in heavy competition with players that have done this many times before. Um, So what we usually recommend for somebody just entering the marketplace is to what we call subcontract. Um, And that is to be a subcontractor to a prime contractor um, that might have a better competitive advantage on competing for some of these uh, opportunities and the reason being is that some of these opportunities these might be larger than what this technology vendor might have the ability to provide so it's uh, outside of their scope or, or experience levels so sometimes being a subcontractor providing a specific carved out piece of service is a, a better way to get the experience with the federal government and, and the agency that you're targeting at the beginning so that you can build up your experience uh, for bidding on future contracts.
0: Right. And as you mentioned, there's some of these projects, some of these awards are really, really big, and there's there's multiple elements that that go into them. So often even the big contractors don't do it all themselves, right? So, you you know, some of our clients and some of the technology companies out there, you know, some of the one of the challenges is getting to know of those big contractors and, and um, getting, you know, to be known by them so that you, your expertise is known so you can be part of that overall solution to the, uh, you know, to the government. So would you have any, um, I know you mentioned a couple of ways to to get into the market, but any specific advice on on working with the primes? Um,
1: and this This kind of comes back to an answer I had earlier on in terms of Working and working with uh, as many of the industry organizations as you possibly can. Uh, being a part of these industry organizations opens you up to uh, usually there's luncheons, breakfast, and now with the last year and a half, a lot of online uh, gatherings. Let's call it that, um, where uh, people can interact with one another, and you can. You're usually talking about a single topic but when we were live and in person it was we were all sitting at a random table so you got to know as many people as you could at every breakfast that you went to or every dinner and um, getting to know uh, other potential primes that are out there and the largest primes are the ones the the large contractors that you know of the Northrop's the uh, the Lidos and the the ones that have been around for years but then there's also a lot of opportunity in small business and mid, uh, what I would call a mid-tier business uh, range, which would be in the hundred million to three hundred million dollar annual receipts, um, and those are a lot of companies that have have experience, but they will
0: also need subcontractors for some of the work that they're doing as well. Very good, and and another way we see companies coming together to. Um, to bid in a contract is in the form of a joint venture where, you know, a separate legal entity is created and two parties, you know, join and they can be of different sizes or magnitudes, but they bring, each bring with them an ability to um, bring a lot of value to that contract. And that particular venture is created uh, just for that single contract purpose alone. So that's, that's a way to um, really to formalize that relationship too. In terms of the joint ventures, it is uh, that
1: is another tool in the tool shed uh, for uh, government contractors because there are some very specific advantages that come with um, being a joint venture. And in some cases, a joint venture is put together amongst uh, all small businesses uh, to, to coalesce and go after a large opportunity. In other cases, SBA has very specific rules around what they call a mentor protege joint venture, uh, also known as sometimes a MPJV, uh, yet another acronym for us. Um, and uh, the mentor protege JV is approved by the S- uh, Small Business Administration. And so you'll hear it sometimes referred to as the SBA approved MPJV. And what happens is that mentor can be a large business but in the terms of the uh, uh, the joint venture joint venture is still considered small but has all the experience of both the mentor and the protege as a part of it so that could be almost like a superpower on some of these bids to help you get more experience in some cases where uh you would not be able to from a large business uh as a
0: subcontractor. right now you, you mentioned experience and uh, you know one of the questions that comes up is you know do companies have to have what they call the past experience with the federal government in order to get new work so do you mind touching on that yes uh one part
1: Every bid, and, and and I touched on requests for proposals, but that's what we 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 really at Red Team specialize in is going after requests for proposals, and that is the typical way that business is competed in, um, in the federal government, especially anything that's over five hundred thousand dollars and of substantial nature. Um, and, And in there, there is always instructions and evaluation criteria. Part of the instructions on almost every bid is something called past performance. And past performance is, have you done this before? Um, And in comparison to the scope of work that is being asked for. And a lot of times, new entries into this marketplace think, well, I haven't done work with the federal government, so I can't bid on this. In, mo- in most cases, commercial experience is except sometimes federal experience will be more uh, highly evaluated, uh, but commercial experience is usually accepted in most cases. Um, but that is if you are a prime contractor. Once again, sometimes you have the ability to add a subcontractor if you are the prime contractor or be a subcontractor to a prime contractor that has that experience so there's a lot of ways to answer that question so you don't necessarily have to have experience with the federal government to be able to bid on a federal government contract it's it sounds like a chicken and egg kind of conversation but in reality it, it, the answer is you can
0: still answer this question in a lot of different ways good thank thank you Joe that really takes us you know, to the end of our time today. And I know we've touched on a lot and you've you brought up some terrific points. I'm sure some people may have some additional questions. So is there a way that they can follow up with you? Sure.
1: Um, it's, uh, I can be reached at uh, my email address, which is joe.salgado. It's spelled S-A-L-G-A-D-O at
0: redteamconsulting.com. Terrific, Joe. And and thanks again for for your time today. Really appreciate that. And um, for everyone else, thank you for listening. And up next in our series, uh, we'll discuss what you need to know now that you've won your first contract. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, everyone.